It's Friday, February 12th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. However, Tyler's out on vacation and Russ is still trying to kick that sickness. Both should be back next week. My co-host today, the one and only Tim Davis from Env Zero. How's it going, Tim? It's going good. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. And dude, uh, congratulations on launching your own podcast. I listened to episode one the other day. Uh, You're a natural. Sounds great. Thanks, man. I, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, it took a lot of uh, advice from you and such like that. And uh, we're definitely not looking to uh, to take over, but uh, it's been a fun way to kind of put together some other news and stuff other than blogs and YouTube videos. Yeah, well, dude, I will encourage you to try to take over. Do whatever you can, man. <laughs> no, but it'll be, it'll be a fun way to, uh, to learn about what you're doing over there and learn more about the company and what y'all are trying to accomplish and everything that you're seeing in the industry from what your business impacts. So... That's cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, we're doing a couple of people internally first, and then I'm going to reach around and try to pull some uh, other people inside, and you know, see if we can't get the uh, you know big names in the industry to tell us some info. Awesome, man. Okay, so digging into tech news, do you see anything interesting? So one interesting thing, the first thing that caught my eye when I started looking around, uh, U.S. Border Protection used facial recognition on 23 million travelers in 2020. Okay. How did they do that? Because when I went to China, they scanned my face. They right. scanned all my fingerprints. I did not suspect that, but was I surprised? No. Uh, <laughs> get off the plane. The very first thing you do is they scan each one of your fingerprints on both hands and they scan your face multiple times at multiple checkpoints as you go through it. How is how is the US doing it? I don't remember any... Uh, so, I mean, in the past, there was scrutiny for them setting up facial recognition systems without proper vetting and things like that. Um, I mean, really, you don't have to sit there for a second and let somebody scan your face anymore. You set up a a pretty decent camera connected to a computer these days, and you can sit there and catch everybody that walks through a hallway. Yeah, no, that's true. That's absolutely right. It definitely felt creepy the way that China was doing it. Right. But yeah, I guess maybe it's just as equally creepy just doing it inconspicuously, (laughs) having a camera up on the, you know, you're walking by a wall and there's just a camera facing everybody that's coming down the coming down the hallway. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, these days, I mean, it's 2021. You really can't go anywhere without being on some form of camera at some point, but it's a little different when it's just, you know, some dumb security camera that's not actually sitting there and trying to recognize that is Aaron Bewley and let's figure out where he goes. I mean, it's really, it's, it's getting creepy, like super creepy (laughs) because you never, these days you never know what cameras are doing that. Yeah. And I thought I saw last week something about Canada banning facial recognition or something. And I just tried to Google it. I said, Canada bans facial and Google suggests <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> Canada bans facial hair. <laughs> Sorry, um, Canada, no more beards. But yeah, no. So February 3rd. Yeah. So about, a, about 10 days ago, Clearview AI's facial recognition app is now illegal in Canada. Declared the you do that. Yeah, uh, that the company needed citizens' consent to use their biometric information and told the firm to delete facial images from its database, which, again, gosh, that type of stuff. If anybody actually believes that somebody can tell somebody to delete something and that it actually goes away. Oh, never. Come on. Things never get deleted in any way. As soon as they hit the Internet, they're replicated 50,000 different ways. Uh, whether, you know, it's by a legit backup or somebody scraping it. I mean, it's, it's gone forever. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it reminds me, it was, it was a funny meme. What was it? Data leak or accidental extra backup or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was great. <laughs> 
Accidental but, external backup. I love yeah, that. There you go. Even so like the security measures and let me make a recommendation too. If you ever leave a company, do not try to take data with you. Do not go download a bunch of stuff to a USB stick or oh, no. start to email things to yourself, all that kind of stuff. They can track that and they will track that and they will come after you. And there will be some sort of monetary uh, thing tied to that action. But one of the things that I have seen happen was that gets observed. And then I ask, how are you going to resolve this? It's like, well, we'll get them on camera watching them delete it. I'm like, yeah, you're watching them delete it from a folder. Right. Is it still on the USB stick or still in email? Like, come on. Well, and where is know. this folder? Do I have that folder replicated with box yeah. or what have you? Yeah. So, I mean, I could delete it from the folder, but then, you know, you hit sync and it comes right back. So, yeah. you know, you really, you really never know. Yeah. But just don't be dumb and don't bring that on yourself, people. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but back to the back to the U.S. border one. What are they saying? Is it are they just noting that it happened? Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't seem that anything bad is going to happen. Um, I mean, these days with you know privacy laws and stuff like that being back and forth and kind of all over the place. I mean, it's really hard to tell, do you need opt-in consent? Do you need opt-out consent? Do you need yeah. consent at all if they're in a public place? Um, it's We're in a really weird spot and we've got to figure this stuff out and you know figure out how we're going to regulate it if we are. So I was listening to the Elon Musk interview with, uh, with Joe Rogan last night. And that was one of the things that Elon was suggesting is having a regulatory agency on AI, AI engines that get created. Yeah. Uh, just like you have the, the FDA right? That's regulating food and drug, that they would do the same thing, right? Or the the National Transportation Safety Board, right? That you would have a, a group right. that does that. Um, but that, yeah, the article actually goes in. So 23 million travelers in 2020, that's up by 4 million from 2019, which is interesting because I think there were less travelers last year, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's interesting that their, their counts are up with less. So I mean, they definitely yeah. had to scale up the operation in order to cast a wider net. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the data in here, biometric facial scans had a match rate of more than 97% last year. Yeah. We also noted that since 2018, officers have identified seven imposters at U.S. airports and 285 imposters in land pedestrian settings. Yeah. See, I mean, this that that's the problem is that, you know, you catch one bad guy and all of a sudden there is yeah. your reasoning for doing it, which to the everyday person, you know, you're, step, you're infringing on my rights and what have you, but you have to ask yourself, you know, that one person was a bad person and they got them because of it. So sure. are you for yeah. it? Or are you against it? So that's what I was, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, man. Where's the trade-off in having the ability to catch people that are, you know, on the America's most wanted list or whatever, yeah. right. That are, that happen to be in an airport versus how much do I care whether or not the government knows that I was at DFW or that I was at Newark or that I was at O'Hare or yeah, like, and this is this is a matter. <laughs> it's a it's a weird quandary in my head. Yeah. Um, I am very much not for widening the government's you know regulation on everything that we do. Um, you know, less is more. Uh, but really, at the same token, a lot of those things you know have good outcomes. And you know, I I know everybody hates when you say it, but I'm not doing anything wrong. And it's it's just weird because it's it's hard to decide are you for it or against it and I know generally I would say I'm against it, um, but then they catch those couple of people and you're like well yeah. you know so they knew yeah. that I was in DFW airport big deal, yeah. um, I don't know man it's tough. Um, I'm not trying keep, to argue against it. If I do argue, or, or I guess I'm not trying to argue for it necessarily. Just trying to ask the question. But the the thing that I get 
hung up on is it's a slippery slope, right? As oh, absolutely. This, Where does it end? It's that much easier to do that. Yep. Now this, you know, et cetera. So God, I, I remember when like the recognition stuff first started um, and, you know, Plano that's close to us, uh, they installed license plate scanners yes. on one of their uh, squad cars and people went nuts because these cops were just driving through parking lots and tagging cars that were, you know, had out warrants. of date or had yeah. warrants or what have you. I, it, it was a huge deal. And, you know, nowadays it's pretty common that your license plate's getting scanned pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's just now it's moving on to the faces and who you are and where you are. Where is this data getting stored? How's it getting used otherwise? Because, um, I mean, that's a big thing. Like, I mean, we all know that Google tracks literally every single thing we do. Um, you know, we, we deal with the targeted advertisement and stuff like that. But at the same time, some of those targeted advertisements are great. And I'm going to buy that product because of it. <laughs> so it's just it, where, where's the line of privacy and convenience? I'll never forget. This was like 20. 15, I think 2014, maybe the first time I started seeing stuff like that, like targeted yeah. ads. And I know that they existed prior to that, but the first time, like it really registered with me was when I went to, it was some news site or something. And I was eating the last bite of this protein bar, the last one that I owned and an ad popped up that said, we think you need more protein bars. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, the, it's like the air stand Looking up on around the back for the camera. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> Man. And of course, I'm saying all this right next to uh, my Alexa here. Cancel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. And that, I mean, dude, that was something that Elon talked about too on the, the podcast I was listening to last night is, you know, even your phones, they can tell you that they're off. They can tell you that they're not using cameras or microphones or whatever, right. uh, or not accessing your GPS. They can tell you whatever they want to tell you, but they can still access and, and use it. And I mean, this is nothing new. You've heard, you know, Edward Snowden talk about this and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Like the camera and microphone activation and stuff like that while the laptop was quote unquote asleep and everything. Yeah. I, it's just, it, it's nuts. Yeah. One of the other crazy things though, man, just kind of going back to that podcast, Elon was talking about, man, there's a lot of weird things that, that came out of that conversation. <laughs> uh, there's still about an hour left. I fell asleep two and a half hours in, right. but he was talking about the new roadster that he's going to develop. And I think Joe was joking and asking if it was going to hover. And he goes, well, actually, yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking about. And so there, there's two interesting things here. So we've talked about acceleration maximums on this show before, right? Um, yeah. Whenever a car, because the Model S has already reached the pinnacle, like with Plaid, it can hit 60 miles per hour in 1.96 seconds, which is the, like the theoretical maximum of acceleration when you think about you know weight and friction and all this kind of stuff. Right. When you're talking about a motor and torque to wheels that are on the ground, the only thing that's going to get you faster is if you literally have a jet coming out of the back of your car that's pushing you. Yeah. Right. That's that's what's going to help. So he's talking about this Roadster. And the first thing he says is, yeah, actually, it will be able to hover. He said, you know, like if you think about a Porsche that's got like a small, you know, two seats in the back for little kids mm -hmm. in the Roadster, you'll have an option of having that or you can rip it out and replace it and have a giant pressure tank that's like 10,000 PSI or something. And then we'll have these little, you know, jets on the bottom that can shoot out the air and ha have you off the ground. Right now, if you're off the ground and you want to go forward. How are you going to do that? Well, we're going to have a jet that's coming out the back, like where the license plate is. <laughs> oh, jeez! Like, what? 
It's like, well, what era if, are we living in? If you're that worried about how much resistance you're getting from the friction of the road, and you just say, "Ah, screw it, we're going to take that," you know, out of the equation. <laughs> That's it's wild, dude. It is absolutely wild to think it, man. I, I, and I at love- this point in time, whatever comes out of Elon's mouth it's almost as good as gold that they are going to try it until it fails or they're going to do it. Uh, Like, you know, SpaceX saying they're going to do, you know, tours in space. um, And they've already sold the first four seats. Um, It's one of those things where, you know, Richard Branson said that years ago and even sold tickets on Virgin Galactic, which is nothing at this point. But then Elon Musk says, we're going to do it. And by God, they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, the what the big thing I love about that is not so much you know that I would be excited to have a, a literally a jet engine of some type off the back of my car, right? You, know, <laughs> you, could, you could use that while you're on the ground as well, not while yeah, you're for sure. And uh, you'll have to go listen to that, man. I don't want to just repeat everything he's saying because then that makes this point. I'll definitely have to check that out. But the the thing that I love about it though is how much he challenges the status quo, how much he challenges norms, how much yeah what he's creating makes the industry regulation decision makers have to go and think about new stuff, right? Like with the Cybertruck, yeah. he wants to produce it without side mirrors, which is illegal. You right. have to have side mirrors. Now you see a lot of cars uh, that are already out. I can't remember who has, maybe out. I thought it was Audi. Maybe it was Mercedes Benz or something like that. They have got some side mirrors that aren't actually mirrors. They're just cameras. And on the inside of the door, you see a screen that is representative of the camera. Oh, I like, like that. Tiny, yeah. Yeah. So, but he's pushing regulation. He's like, why do I need these side mirrors? I, I have cameras inside the vehicle and I can project screens, all this kind of stuff. Right. And then the other, the other piece there is he's pushing the challenge of there's no stocks on the, on the steering wheel or the steering yoke in that instance. Mm-hmm. And the car automatically no quote unquote knows which, which direction it needs to go into anyway, whatever, but just challenging all that kind of stuff is it's really cool, man. Just seeing the progress in what is available and what we can build off of and the, the barriers we're breaking through challenging and at norm, a crazy you know? rate at this point. I, I mean, yeah. just seeing how far SpaceX has come in the short time versus, you know, how long it took NASA to do what they did. Um, man, at this point, I, Elon is just jumping back and forth over the line of crazed lunatic and, you know, absolutely brilliant force here. And yeah. apparently it's his reality that we're all living in at this point. Well, what's, what's wild about it too, like, so kind of in conjunction with the challenging, um, the status quo one of the things that you observe as you watch generations come into the world, right, is with my little kids, before they ever went on a plane the first time, you know, we said, hey, we're going to fly to this place. I don't even remember where we went. Yeah. And they said, cool. What's that going to be like when the plane comes and lands in our front yard and picks us up? <laughs> and you're just like, it doesn't work that way. But then you're like, what? Wait a second. What, you know, what if it now, did? yeah. What if I can Uber this flying vehicle that comes and lands in my, you know, my front yard and yeah. whisks me away to maybe a major hub station that puts me on a larger one that takes me somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like Elon still has that in his head where he's, he's like, well, what if we could just do it this way? He, you know, he thinks like a, a kid in, in so many ways and then tries to go after it. So it's, it's admirable. That's and cool. I mean, he, he'll keep trying something 
even if it's failing over and over and over. And who knows, he may get a different idea and make money off that in the meantime. I mean, yeah. it's interesting how he goes about things. I mean, the fact that like he released a flamethrower that sold out in seconds just so he could fund a different project. I mean, he's always doing something yeah, and something's always coming out of it. It's interesting, man. All right. What else? I don't want to sit here and just sound like I'm. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we talked about um, privacy a little bit there. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, speaking of that, uh, Amazon has dropped a bunch of percent off a lot of their Echo devices and Kindles and what have you. Oh, nice. Awesome, yeah. Man. What is. Oh, it was uh, for President's Day. Yep. Yeah, it looks like 40 percent off Kindle, nice. Echo and more. So. Awesome everybody can lose even more privacy than they had before. <laughs> no, that's a uh, good, good call out there because uh, I was out in my garage the other day and I turned around with like an ax or something. And the, the back end of it hit the original echo that I ever owned. If you remember like the really tall oh, yeah. like, tennis ball can looking ones fell off and just smashed on the ground. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, I've got one of those in my kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. I need to go. Uh, I need to go check that out. What else dude? Did you see this? The, the Unreal Engine, the metahumans? Yes, it oh. is creepy. Creepy as all get out. And like the day before we were talking about this, oh, I hit the video, it's playing in my headset here. The day before that, we were actually talking about influencers or something like that on the show. And I, I was talking about how I've seen people talking where the, the future influencers aren't going to be real people. Right. They will be these metahumans that brands can control, indistinguishable from an actual human. And at this point in time, based off what the Unreal Engine is doing, I mean, there it's going to be real. Yeah. Um, and I've I've got to find it. Speaking of something like that, there's a website that you go to, and it may have been from here. I can't remember at this point. That just automatically generates a picture of what looks like a real person. Yes. None of the pictures are real. Yeah. None of it? them. Not real. Uh, whoa, my screen's freaking out. I think it's like notrealhumans.com or something like that. I I can't for the life of me uh, remember. Uh, this person does not exist.com. That's it. That's it. This it is the creepiest thing on the face of the planet because you keep refreshing and new pictures keep coming up and not one of them is real. Now, every once in a while, there's some kind of like weird matrix yeah. glitch that makes you be able to tell. But the fact that all of these people are generated by AI is so creepy. Yeah. Well, and dude, that, so that is a photo that is created to see what the unreal... Um, Unreal Engine is creating from a video perspective. Yeah. Where you have these humans talking and and like looking right into camera as if it's, you know, your uncle or your friend down the street or whatever. It's, oh, dude. It's, and it's weird because you look into their eyes and you can see a soul that does not exist. It's yeah. so weird. It looks so real and alive. I mean, it's not like you're looking into some dead robot's eyes. It's so, weird. Let me take it a step further then with all this work from home stuff. And you and I are on video chat right now on Zoom. This stuff keeps happening where you kind of get pulled into VR for a meeting or, you know, you have these avatars that are photos of you, these unrealistic, maybe cartoons yeah. or something. Where do we get to the point where you and I now have meta humans that represent us in this virtual world when we meet with other humans do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it's it's okay like it's not it's not, not me anymore. Just okay, it's just <laughs> normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I I mean, you're seeing it a little bit, you know, right on the fringe with conferences um, that are yeah. doing. You know, you come in with your Oculus headset and you meet with people and you sit in that virtual you know room and watch the conference. I mean, it, it's definitely starting um, 
but it, coming to the point where we see people like, you know, avatars like that, uh, that represent us, I, it'll come at some point, I'm sure. What movie was that? Oh, Surrogates. Did you ever see Surrogates? Oh, yes. Willis? Yeah. Dude, where everybody out in reality is just a, like a Boston Dynamics robot with a metahuman covering. <laughs> and everybody's just at home in their, you know, uh, what is this chair I'm sitting in? Oh, the Secret Lab Titan chair, just laid back, <laughs> controlling their metahuman right. out, walking around. And then he unplugs and goes out. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that for uh, lots of different errands that I'm uh, having to do. But, you know, there's yeah. sometimes I just want to go out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Um, that stuff just kind of fascinates me. Speaking of Boston dynamics, did you see, um, you've, I know you've seen black mirror, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Remember metalhead that episode? Yes. So there was a, there was an article that came out. Boston dynamics spot robot is now armed. Immediately <laughs> that episode popped in my head. Like what? Yep. <laughs> We're bones. Weapons of war. <laughs> uh, no, they added arms to it literally just put arms on the robot <laughs> <laughs> that is a sensationalist headline yeah, i love it i love it uh the quadruped robot can now use an arm to interact with its environment semi-autonomously so i read through the article and it, it just kind of gets down to um it's easy to just like click an arm on it onto its back right right and have it be this you know spidery looking thing that can grab things uh, the real challenge, as you might guess, is getting it to autonomously use its arms appropriately, right? If you just tell it to go forward sure. and it can, it, it needs to realize, hey, I've got to reach up. I've got to, um, you know, move this stool out of the way. I've got to grab this cup. And then with my other arm, I'm going to open this door, whatever, right? That's I mean, that's human level processing of, okay, I need to do this. So I need to do this with this. And it's, it, man. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't we, we don't even fully comprehend how the human brain and human mind work to get us to remember to breathe every day and what have you. But now we're teaching robots to do the same thing. Um, man, it's it's nuts. All right. The future uh, is going to be right, weird. Yeah, right. For sure, dude. It's already very weird. <laughs> I, I tweeted this thing out the other day. I'm not exactly sure what's going on in India, um, but there's there's some protests trying to follow it as best I can, but I don't really understand. There's some people talking about how, you know, truth is being withheld and, you know, government wanting certain profiles being pulled off of, uh, uh anyway, whatever. Um, yeah. now I just lost my train of thought because I was digging into what I was seeing there. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's Friday. We're all, we're all done for the week at this point. Uh, I swear I was going to connect it to what you were saying. Oh, the, oh, that's right. The, the, the future is going to be weird. Well, it's already pretty weird because the government of India took issue with the fact that Jack, CEO of Twitter, liked a tweet that somebody oh, sent him asking saw for that. an emoji attached to a protest hashtag. Right. I saw right? that. And you're just like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. That's the kind of things that governments are getting mad about these days. What? the you know ceos of you know twitter are doing <laughs> yeah. yeah dude okay so there's one other thing that you sent me right before the show disney plus oh yeah news on that what happened there this is big um so disney plus just hit what was it 94.9 million subscribers in just over a year um now this is a lot and they charge what like 6.99 or 69.99 a year so i mean they're making yeah. bank off of it but the funny part is, is that they have officially hit half of Netflix's user base, even though Netflix has had a 12-year head start. Wow. 
half. Well, the yeah. programming for sure. Um, oh, absolutely. And I mean, in all fairness, Netflix worked out audience. a lot of the kinks for people like Disney Plus just to come in and wreck the place. So, yeah. I mean, Paved you know, you got to give sure. Netflix credit where it's due. I mean, Disney Plus wasn't sending out DVDs to your house once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So, well, that reminds me too, right? Like, so I guess it has been about a year, a little bit over a year. I don't know. Yeah. When did Disney Plus launch? I guess it was like right near the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I believe it was, give or take. Um, yeah. Let's see. But, hold on. Is it right in here? The main thing I remember about that is right after they launched, they had server issues uh, all over the place. Like, oh yeah, like it was bad. 10 times the amount of traffic they expected. Right. And usually I laugh at those things uh, whenever a new game gets released and they're like, nobody can download it because there's, it's like, come on, you know, prepare to scale <laughs> so that way you can. And then especially yeah. if you're Disney, especially if you're one of the top recognized brands in the stinking world. Yeah. And I mean, they um, were pushing it so hard, like, and everybody yeah. was talking about it. I mean, I, I pre-ordered it and said, I'll take it on day one, gave them my money and got a little bit of a discount that day or what have you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, they, it definitely, they didn't expect it to be what it is. And it is just coming in and laying waste. Their content's nutty though. I mean, with them, you know, buying into the Marvel universe with yeah. Pixar stuff, with the, uh, they now own all of the Simpsons content, Star Wars content. Yeah. Uh, you pretty much don't have to go very many other places. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Okay. Um, there's other things I want to make sure to talk about, especially having you on. Um, there was some Apple news. Uh, let's see, a couple things. We can pick which one of these three you want to talk about, but Apple watches spot heart rate variability changes prior to COVID-19 diagnosis. That's pretty cool. iPhone 12 mini sales reportedly well below expectations. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, being right. a Pro Max owner. Yeah, um, everybody likes the big the one. Eight. Yeah, and I know people like, I had I lived through the hardship of having to carry an eight all the way until I had a twelve. Feel bad for me. That's, Man. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. And I just remember seeing the the specs on the mini, and I was like, no way in the world am I going to stick with this because, like, I mean, the the oh, eight right. just disappears in my hand. You know, it's yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I'm not surprised. And then the the best features look forward to an Apple's iOS 14.5 update. You want to dig in on any of those? So that's a good one. I'm interested mostly in the uh, the Apple Watch, you know, heart rate stuff. Um, the fact that they're always collecting that data from you while you wear it. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not built to say, hey, you're getting COVID-19 or you're doing this. All it's meant to do is say, hey, you know, Something's this is how much right. calories yeah. you're burning or, hey, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. AFib, you need to go to the doctor. Um but the fact that they're collecting this data and now there's ways that they can go through and parse it and correlate the data. Otherwise um, it's really fascinating. So what draws the distinction between the government? And I think I'm answering the question in the question, but what draws the distinction between the government ca uh, capturing facial recognition in the open public and Apple uh, capturing all this type of data for themselves? Uh, I'm going to say privacy policy, okay. <laughs> at least Apple, pretends to have your data locked down to never share your data unless you say it's okay blah 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 they're very yeah. at least they appear to be transparent about what they're using the data for um you know so it's one of those things where the government just does whatever it wants and apologizes after the fact once they get caught <laughs> um yeah. apple yeah, does not a, generally yeah it's just the largest uh very poorly run corporation Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, Apple, Apple has something to lose. I mean, if the, if the, uh, the public turns on Apple, it's not going to go well for them. 
now, of course, they've gotten away with a lot of stuff and people, you know, get over it, but th- they have the ability to get shut down and, you know, not used anymore. Yeah. As we found out, a lot of people don't like the government and there's nothing you can do about it in the long run. Right. So, you know, it's just, uh, they, they have more to lose. They've got privacy policies. I, I guess people get more warm and fuzzies from that than the government. And speaking of the watch, I saw too that Face ID will now work with masks if you're wearing your watch. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and they, they're kind of sort of doing that as it is now a little bit. So like, uh, and in fact, that came up on Twitter this morning. Um, If you're using touch ID on your laptop or something like that, um, when it prompts you for a system password, you can either hit the touch ID or you can double tap on your watch, your watch, you authenticate to the watch with the passcode when you put it on in the morning. And as long as it doesn't come off your wrist, it still knows it's you no matter how long it's been. Yeah. Um, so using that as a, you know, a form of two factor of saying, Hey, I know it's you, I know what have you. Um, uh, I think it's smart. It's super convenient. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I like it. And then what, I mean, theoretically, why even need face ID? Why even have to go through that process? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like with, they put the, the update where the face ID you know, prompts you for the password faster when it knows you're wearing a mask so that you don't have to sit there and swipe 15 times to get the password box, which is cool. Um, But yeah, it would be a lot better to just unlock it knowing that I have that two-factor piece on my wrist that I authenticated to before. They're going to kind of use it like having a YubiKey. Ah, okay. Oh, and it looks like, uh, so you can now choose a default music service for Siri as well. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. So now you don't have to say play tech breakfast podcast on Spotify, right? Cause it's going to try to play it on Apple music. Um, you, you can just say, you know, whatever play Foo Fighters. And then if you prefer Spotify, then, you know, it plays it straight on Spotify. Yeah. Did you see the Foo Fighters dropped an album yesterday. It is really good. Um, I have the vinyl behind me oh, wait, um, of the new album. You already have the vinyl. Oh yeah. It, it, it came out. God, what was it last Friday? Okay. I guess I don't follow it, it close uh, enough. How, did oh, you yeah. get, how do you get the vinyl? How do you buy vinyl these days? <clears throat> there is a, a record store close to me. And not only did I get the a copy of the vinyl, but I got a copy of the limited edition, you know, record store blue vinyl, which There's is still record pretty. stores. Oh, absolutely. Okay. There are Dude, records are huge, man. Hovering cars and records. In the yeah. Same so in 2020 <laughs> record sales, went above CD sales. Oh, wow. So, I mean, vinyl's coming back in a huge way, huge yeah. way. That's cool, man. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I've been picking up a lot of stuff. I've got, you know, a lot of old stuff. Um, that really is wild. That is very significant. Yeah. Now, that, now that I think through that, because the number of people that, like, I mean, you know, some, I don't even know what they call it. What do you call somebody who likes to have vinyl records? They're not like a vinyl head, like a sneaker head. What do you? That's know. a great question. And I don't know the answer to offhand. <laughs> but they don't, I mean, they seem to be kind of fairly far and few between, or maybe I'm just not in the right circles, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's like one of the new hipster things. I mean, you know, Polaroid came back in a huge way. Oh, right. um, young kids love the Polaroids. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of folks like our age that are getting into vinyl and stuff, which, you know, it may have been a little before us or right at the end, you know, there, yeah. um, but I dig it, man. You, you get the best sound coming from a vinyl. It's so yeah. warm. You get a little bit of the, you know, static. Uh, it's, it's great. Awesome, man. 
What else do we have here that we need to touch on? Anything else you see in the news? I'm trying to look. Let's see. Did we talk about the pig? Oh, no, we didn't games? talk about the pig. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. What the what was it? Scientists teach pigs how to play a video game and pigs are good at it? Yes. The, the tagline is that the pigs are actually good at it. So they taught them how to use a joystick and they started them on real basic task games, uh, you know, with, you know, rewards at the end and what have you. Um, but the the surprising bit is that they actually took on to it way faster than anybody expected them to. I, I feel like when I look at this article, I feel like I'm being trolled and that like someone <laughs> is saying, because I play video games, I'm a pig, <laughs> you know, because why else, why else are of you course. teaching pigs how to play video games? And that's exactly what they're saying. But at the same token, we're also figuring out that, uh, you know, pigs are clear, smart. And they are saying that about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. They are absolutely saying about that about you. Um, but we are figuring out that pigs can learn and they can, well, I mean, we know, we knew they were smart before, but. Um, yeah, they're much faster to pick up on things than they expected them to be. That's interesting. Well, that should help uh, Neuralink then because they're doing a lot of stuff there with pigs. Right. Um, although I think I heard they're moving into monkeys. But um, yeah, in the quote in the article, it is so uh, it is no small feat for an animal to grasp the concept that the behavior they're performing is having an effect elsewhere. That pigs can do this to any degree should give us pause as to what else they're capable of learning and how such learning may <laughs> impact them. Uh, and I would say, don't try to get them to do too much. They're delicious for eating. Okay. Let's oh, for sure. Leave it at that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We, we don't want them to involve past bacon in any way. Right. Yeah. They make it too <laughs> smart and then say, Hey, oh man, that reminds me of that Simpsons quote. Was Homer talking to Lisa about the magical animal? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You think there's some magical animal that has pork chops and bacon? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. But dude, you know, being an owner of chickens, they will never play video games. Chickens are the worst. I can, like, <laughs> I can have just walked them through a, a gate, right? Uh, like a metal fence, set them on the other side, and I go around to the other side, and suddenly I have like some you know corn scratch stuff for them, and they forget that there's a door there, and they try to like come through the gate, and you're just like, come on, come on. We've done this before, guys. We practice this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's why they're at the bottom of the food chain, man. Well, they're not at the total bottom, but. That's why They're at the delicious the, part of the food chain. The delicious part, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> where, where are we going? What's going on? It's Friday. We're talking about a bunch of random stuff here. Anything else? Anything else major we need to talk about? Uh, I'm flipping through my tabs to try to find out here. Uh, we had the uh, the MasterCard thing. Oh, yeah. They're signing up to uh, to bring crypto, right? The, the headline I saw was that they were enabling sellers, right, who accept MasterCard to accept crypto. Right. Um, but the te- the... the the byline of that was the, but it's not the ones you think. So it's not Bitcoin. And I didn't have a chance to find out exactly which one they were talking yeah. about. Are they going to create their own? <laughs> um, let's find now. Supporting them. Maybe. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And you mentioned something else right before the show, right as you joined, you said something about uh, Jay-Z and crypto. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's another one. Um, since I obviously don't know the, which coin MasterCard is going to use. Oh, that's uh, right. Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z invest 500 Bitcoins, which is basically about $23.6 million, um, an endowment called B-Trust with a little Bitcoin B. And it said that it's going to basically be, be a fund to help development in Bitcoin. And it's going to start off in Africa and India. Wow. Okay. 
Jack Dorsey. So they're investing JP. Bitcoin into people developing Bitcoin. Do they like hang out often? I mean, are they? I have absolutely besties? no idea, but that that's that a really work? weird combo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe somebody else knows something that I don't, but uh, I, I was not aware that they were, uh, you know, hanging out on the regular or investing so, buddies. Yeah. And we talk about cryptocurrency on here a lot as of late anyway. It is a very nuanced topic. And so I just, I guess maybe want to take a two second thing to yeah. say, like, just because we talk about it doesn't mean that we're, because I'll get all kinds of random texts or something like, oh, dude, which one should I buy or blah, blah, blah. Oh, jeez. First of all- <laughs> This is not financial of, advice. <laughs> yes, none of it is financial <laughs> advice. The only reason we're talking about it is because it's in the news and because it's mildly fascinating. Anyway, whatever. I just want to let let it be <laughs> at that, right? Um, and then you see Andrew Yang tweeted out. He said, as mayor of New York City, the world's financial capital, I would invest in making the city a hub for BTC and other cryptocurrencies. Which uh, has my I mind would. think like, what- what does he think that that means? I actually invited him to join us on the podcast. But the, the whole hub, point of decentralized yes, currency, and then you're trying to centralize decentralized currency. Yes. That shows like, a fundamental misunderstanding of what it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah. Gosh. Man, that's, that's bad. I hadn't seen that one yet, but I mean, that's a very obvious face palm of, do you understand what you're talking about? Yeah. I would love to get into the nuances of his thought process on that. <sighs> I'll applaud him for trying to like kind of lean into the future. Yeah. But again, dude, I wouldn't even like whatever. I mean, there's lots of there's lots and lots of nuances around this. Anyway, whatever. I'm just, just trying trying to get stock market V2 and make sure that it's in New York also. Yeah. I mean, they've got a flood of people leaving New York City. Yeah. Uh, lots of folks are leaving lots of areas, um, you know, getting out of the cities where they don't have to live in office out of there anymore. Um, it, it's it's an interesting time. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out long term for, you know, big business and big finance and what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, before we shut it down, let's uh, let's take one last little gander here. I think we're good. I kind of wanted to bring up the uh, the U.S. investigators say hardware and firmware of super micro servers were tampered with an extra chip loaded with backdoor code to send data to China. But apparently, there's just like a myriad of things to dig into and read on that. Um, right. If if any of y'all want to dig in and fully tear that apart and find out the real backstory of what's going on and what happened. You want to come on and talk about it on the show? So that, that one's interesting to me um, from my time at SoftLayer because I, okay. I believe at that given time, they were the largest buyer of super micro hardware. Wow. And I mean, we, we were racking and stacking it as fast as they could ship it to us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, what's your, I mean, did you see any of the stuff that came out of that? Oh, no. Uh, no, not yet. I, I was just skimming it when you sent it over. So I'll, I'll be interested to kind of dig into that and see where it's going. Yeah, it's just it's interesting. Bloomberg resurrects supermicro chip or sorry, spy chip story. NSA still quote befuddled by the claims. <laughs> uh resurrects with no more uh, proof than before. Uh, I don't know. Why why is the 2018 timeline coming back? Is it deeper? Is there more stuff there? I don't know. Uh, we're we're going to have to uh to get back to the general public on that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let me just say, thank you for joining me on the show. Um, Absolutely. Shut it down and advertise your uh, your show. That would be cool. <laughs> and, and go on about our day. 
Yeah, great. Um, well, thanks for having me again. You know, it's always good talking um, and it's uh, always good, especially when Russ isn't around since he's never here when I'm here. Um, so that's good. Um, you know, you can check me out on Twitter at VTimD. Um, and I'm also doing the M0 cast. And that's ENV0 C-A-S-T. Uh, you can find that on Spotify and Anchor and a bunch of other things. Um, if you're interested in DevOps and Terraform and stuff like that, then check us out at E-N-V-Z-E-R-O on Twitter. Awesome, man. Tim, thanks for being here, dude. Appreciate it. See ya.